0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Romans, chapter 14. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: One of the white families brought a black family to church. And the white people were like, oh, no, 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 we can't be, you can't be bringing black people to church. I mean, what's up with that? Oh, we can't have that, not here. And, and it caused a big problem in the church. And so black people stopped going to that first Baptist church of Raleigh, and they went and established their own first black Baptist church of Raleigh. And you have the first white Baptist church of Raleigh. And how stupid is that? That's why I love this church. I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're blue, you're purple. If you're purple, I might have to pray for you. But cuz <laughs> cuz we got a little issue. There's something going on in there. Cuz purple's not a skin color. Not unless you're Barney. <laughs> Other than that, we have a problem. But anybody, whatever race, whatever color, you are welcome to come to this church isn't that awesome come bring your white friends black folks hear me bring your white friends white folks listen bring your black friends because nobody don't care what you what you look like we don't care about the color of your skin we're here to worship jesus not you what's up with that church splits stupid Listen at this. I I heard this story. Listen at this. There was a man, get this, a man walking across the Golden Gate Bridge when he saw a woman about to jump off. Well, the man tried to talk her out of it, and he asked her, was she a Christian? Yes, she said. He said, me too. What a small world, Protestant or Catholic? She replied, Protestant. Me too. What denomination? Baptist, she said. Me too, the man said. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? Northern Baptist. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? Northern Conservative Baptist, she said. Well, call Ripley's believe it or not. That's incredible, he said. Well, Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist or Northern Conservative Reform Baptist? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist. Remarkable. Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist, Great Lakes region? or Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Eastern Region? Well, she answered Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region. That's a miracle, he said. And are you Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Council of 1912? Northern Conservative Fundamentalist Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He said, die, you heretic, and he pushed her over the rail. (laughs) It's like, it's like, man, this is just stupid. I mean, stupid, stupid, stupid. It's like, wait a minute. Here we are. Listen, I just read a report some time ago. Here we are in disagreement over ridiculous things. And this report read that every minute, get this, every minute someone dies and goes to hell. And here we are in the church arguing about in the first church in this in this book of Romans arguing over a menu and you got people who are dying and going to hell and it was Jesus himself are you listening that prayed when he was in the garden because Jesus knew that the church is prone to divisiveness the church is prone to be divided and Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane in John chapter 17 and Jesus said father He says, I pray that they, Christian folks, are one, even as we are one. Before the church was even established, Jesus was praying for unity in the church. So Paul says one guy believes he can eat anything. Another guy believes he can only eat meat because they knew that the meat was offered to idols. But again, Paul is putting the burden on the stronger believer. And he says, don't despise the weaker Christian because he refuses to eat. And to the weaker vegetarian, Paul says, Don't look down or judge the guys who eats a steak, because God has received them both. Verse 3. It was Augustine who said, In essentials there must be unity. In non-essentials, there must be liberty. But in all things there must be charity. Somebody say amen. amen. Isn't that true? Many things in our lives, listen, are gray areas as it relates to the word of God and is it right or is it wrong? But somehow the church throughout history has taken it upon themselves to deem within themselves what is right and what is wrong. I mean, for many, many years, Christians, man, you couldn't go to a movie if you were a Christian. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you went to a movie and granted nowadays it is kind of hard. I mean, G, PG, PG-13, R, R. If you were a Christian and you went to an R-rated movie, you were going to bust hell wide open. <laughs> and, you know, you get kind of weird. I mean, you don't want to tell anybody you went to a movie. I mean, you might see a great movie and you go, you know what? I better not tell anybody, especially better I tell a Christian I went to a movie. I mean, you know, and you try to hide it or you see a Christian coming out of a movie theater and you're like. Because you're going to walk up to them and go, what you doing here? They're going, what you doing here? So you don't want to tell anybody you go to an R-rated movie. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I love movies that blow stuff up. <laughs> there, I said it. I love movies that blow stuff up. Listen, I don't even have to have words or anything. Just blow everything up, scene <laughs> to scene. I, don't, I love movies that just blow stuff up. And I love The Lion King. I love The Lion King. Listen, oh, my gosh, you are in the Disney Disney's evil, don't you know? Disney supports the gay agenda. Listen, I know all about that. Look I, look, I love God. I love the church. I love the ministry. Don't judge me. Pray for me. I just, you know, I just, I, look, I saw a cartoon. Give me a break. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, you love it, but you don't want to share these things because, you know, at one point in Christian life, I mean, you know, you just don't go see a movie. Christmas, Christmas. You don't have, some Christians have a problem, believe it or not, with a Christmas tree. With a Christmas tree, well, you know, you read the book of Jeremiah. I mean, you know, they were worshiping sexual practices under the groves, and we don't believe in a Christmas tree and the lights on the trees speak of the lights of devils and evil and all this. I'm like, what? (laughs) How do you get all that? And all Tammuz and Saturnalia and all that, and you worship it on December 25th. That's not his birthday. It's like, well, yeah, I know it's not his birthday, but look, December 25th, pick a day. Any day will do. We just, amen, December 25th, uh, celebrate Jesus' birth on November 2nd. I don't know, do whatever you want. The date is not important. We're just seeking to worship God and remember the fact that he was born. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, Easter, oh, man, Easter, you, man, you, you better not celebrate Easter. You are worshiping the bunny. I'm going to tell you, I ain't got no problem with the bunny. I, you know, you got, oh, the eggs, the colored eggs. That's evil. The colored eggs are evil. I got no problem with eggs. I like the little Cadbury chocolate eggs. Let's go and get a couple of those. Bring them to me. I don't have a problem with that. Halloween is coming up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Halloween is coming up. i tell you, listen. And, you know, I, I got to, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I went to a couple's house and, uh, and uh, even this week, and, and, and you know, they, they, I, I, I actually thought things were nice, but, you know, I guess they didn't know where I stood on Halloween, and they had, they had you know, uh, spiders over the house, and, you know, uh, little pumpkins, and, and to me, it was kind of cute, but when I first came up, you know, the wife came out, hey, Pastor Ronnie, how you doing? Now we just have the, we just like Halloween, I mean it's really in the benign the kids really like it, and don't mind the spiders and you know, all this, and I'm like, hey, relax, I like it it's kind of cute, but some Christians I are in mean, you don 't celebrate Halloween that's evil, and then we went through the whole time of the church life where women couldn't wear some of y'all can relate couldn't wear makeup y'all remember that in church life women couldn't wear makeup don't wear red fingernail polish don't wear Makeup at all. If you wear makeup, you were a Jezebel. Oh, Pastor Rodney, can women wear makeup? I say some some women need a little help. (laughs) I don't (laughs) I don't suppose I can get an Amen from the ladies, could I? Uh, Be a blessing. (laughs) Or can women wear pants? You remember that? Or can Christians smoke? Can Christians smoke? Listen, I heard this story. This is a true story. C.H. Spurgeon, get this, and Joseph Parker were preachers during the same time period. And they had churches right next to each other in London. And one Sunday in a sermon, Spurgeon mentioned that Joseph Parker, now I love Spurgeon. He's one of my favorite preachers. But one Sunday in a sermon, Spurgeon mentioned that Joseph Parker went to the theater and he couldn't believe it. And this started a war between the two friends. so Joseph Parker started to talk about C.H. Spurgeon, who liked to smoke cigars. Well, D.L. Moody was in England and heard Spurgeon preach and deliver this sermon that cut everybody to the heart. So after the sermon, Moody goes back to Spurgeon's study and found him smoking his really big cigar and he almost fell over. He couldn't believe it. Well, Spurgeon said, well, what's wrong? And Moody said, I can't believe, man, you're out there preaching this great sermon and powerful sermon. And I come back here and you're smoking a cigar. Well, Moody was about 300 pounds. Well, Spurgeon took the cigar out of his mouth, looked at Moody and said, well, at least I believe in moderation. I mean, you know, we pound the pulpit over things that we find are sinful. And yet we don't look at ourselves and say, well, you know what? Hey, this person may be doing this that I don't agree with, but, but, but you may be doing something that they don't agree with. And it's wrong for them to look at you and say, oh, well, you're going to hell if you do this. And it's wrong for you to look at them and say they're going to hell if they do this. Can Christians smoke? Yes, I guess you can. But my question to you is why would you want to? It's expensive. It, 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 it gives you yellow teeth and bad breath. And it causes cancer. Now, if you want to go to heaven with yellow teeth and bad breath, I mean, hey, whatever. But it's bad for you. I mean, it's not good for you. And then, of course, oh, you know, I got to go there. Can Christians dance? Y'all help me out? Some can and some can't. I can't i knew do Roger Rabbit right now. <laughs> no, no, y'all don't want to see that. Y'all don't. Or people come to church and all of these things. Are y'all with me on this? You understand what I'm saying? These are all non-essentials that we've all had experiences with. People come to church and they're dressed a certain way. And we look at the way people are dressed. I mean, there was a time you didn't go to church if you didn't have on a suit and tie, your Sunday best. And so people come to church or maybe somebody comes to church and a lady, maybe she comes to church here and, she's dressed inappropriately maybe she's wearing something that's a little tight and inappropriate and what we do is we'll see somebody like that and we'll say oh well look at the way she is dressed i can't believe it. oh you know i'm a card carrying member of a deeper life club and i just don't even uh, <laughs> oh look at that that's just too tight and de- oh, oh shit center 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 not even considering is it possible that maybe that woman who came to church dressed inappropriately had just left the nightclub because the Lord, or a place she was dancing, and the Lord convicted her heart and told her she had no right to be there, that she didn't need to be there, that she needed to go to church. And maybe she came straight from that place to come to church to find peace, to find the Lord. And maybe that's all she has to wear. Maybe if she went back home to change her clothes, she'd still come dressed that way because that's all she has to wear. But we come to church now and we look at somebody like her and say, oh, that bluesy, that Jezebel, look how she's dressed. When in fact, she comes to the house of God and it happens too often where we will judge her for the way that she looks and she'll go right back out to the club where they won't judge her, but she also won't get saved. Somebody say amen. I'm going to wait. That's, that, that's an important point. And so we, we judge her and we go, oh, man, I can't believe she's wearing it. Do you know, listen to this, a sister came up to me after first service today. And she said, Pastor Rodney, she said, that woman you were talking about was me. She's been going to this church for years. And today she had on a pair of jeans and a T-shirt and a pair of sneaks, and she was carrying her Bible. And she said, but years ago, when I first came to church and came to God, she said, I was dressed like that. That was me. You see, we cannot be so judgmental toward each other. The person that we don't understand, God is able to make stand. Don't you understand what I'm saying? And we are so judgmental. And that woman loves God. And she said, and look, she says, Pastor, I'm dressed differently. Now, look, the Holy Spirit showed her that. We are not called to judge people. Listen, you hear nothing I've said this morning. Listen to this. We are not called to judge them. We are called to love them. We are called to love people. When people come through that door, no matter what they wear, no matter what skin color they are, we are called to love them. As a matter of fact, if you see somebody come in the door that's inappropriately dressed, you need to go up to them and make them feel welcome. Hug them. Love on them. Tell them to come sit near you. Ask them, is it their first time here? Yeah, it's my first time. Come sit with me. Come be with me. Let's go to church together. Let's, let's go to lunch together after church. And what happens is the love of God that draws men to God. Not the judgment of God that draws men to God. It's the love of God that draws men to God. And you can love people. And we need to love people. Just love them right where they are. It'd be so hard. Christian people are just so judgmental. And we need to stop. And Satan loves for us to get caught up in theological hair splitting and trivial things so that we lose sight on what we are really called to do. We are called to love people. We're called to bring people to Christ. We're called to accept people right where they are. We're called to be instruments in God's hands, not to get caught up in theological hair-splitting and non-essentials, things that really don't make a difference. We're called to get involved and put our minds and our hearts to things that make a difference. Don't judge people. Amen, saints? Verse 2. Y'all ain't praying for me. I can tell you ain't praying. You just ain't praying. Listen, Paul says, who are you to judge? Look, we got to fast forward. Let's fast forward to verse four. Paul says, who are you to judge? Look at verse four. You looking at it? Say amen. amen. Who are you to judge another man's servant? In other words, listen, your brother is not your responsibility to change. He is not your problem. He's another man's servant. He is God's servant. And God will complete the work that he began in your brother. God is working on areas in their life that you don't know about. So after in verse 5, talking about dealing with diets, now Paul deals with days because some people were saying the only day to worship is the traditional Sabbath. Others said worship should be on the first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday. And Paul says every man must be persuaded in their own what, saints, in their own mind. And if you think the Sabbath, listen should be celebrated on Saturday and honored on Saturday, that is fine, as some do teach. That's fine. But it's not fine when you tell me, if I don't worship on the Sabbath, then I'm going to hell. Then it's not fine. You know, I esteem, me personally, I esteem every day the same. Every day is the same. Every day to me is a day to live for the Lord. I remember, you know what, every day to me now is a day that I give to Christ. Before I was a believer, every day was a day for the devil. Y'all can say, man, I know it's true for you too. I woke up in the morning before I was a Christian. I woke up in the morning thinking how I can go out and send it up. Man, I'm thinking, man, what can I do to send it up today? I just want to send it up. And then January 23rd, 1982, I got saved. January 24th, 1982. I woke up thinking, how can I live my life for Jesus? So every day to me, I esteem them all the same. Every day is a Lord's day. And whatever day you regard, you regard it to the Lord. If you eat, whatever you eat, you regard it to the Lord. You give thanks. But either way, we're talking about matters of conviction. Whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. Notice in verse 9, go ahead and fast forward to verse 9. As Paul starts talking about death. Jesus rose from the dead that he might be the Lord of the dead and the living. See, the message is clear. In life, we are responsible to God. We are called to live for the Lord and submit and surrender to the Lord. In life, listen, we are responsible to him. But watch this. In death, we are accountable to him. Every single person in this room will one day stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for their life. And then Paul quotes what Isaiah said in Isaiah 45, verse 23. As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. Every knee, every vegetarian knee and every knee of those who eat meat. Every knee, that's the context, shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So the issue boils down to leadership. And then finally, in verse 13, Paul is saying, if you have liberty, then don't flaunt it. We should be walking according to the greatest law, and that's the law of love. Amen, saints? If you got liberty, don't flaunt it. If God has not convicted you about alcohol, then don't openly run the risk of stumbling your brother. Listen, if God hasn't convicted you, you know, people say, well, what about drinking wine? Can Christians drink wine or not? Yeah, then I heard all the arguments. Jesus drank wine. Why can't Christians drink wine? I'm like, hold on, man. Jesus drank wine, that's true, but he wasn't getting drunk. Somebody say amen. You know, people want to like make their case for drinking alcohol. You don't have to make a case with me. It's all right. Yes, Jesus did drink wine. Can Christians drink wine? Yes. But you can't drink wine and stumble someone else who doesn't drink. So if you're out in the restaurant and you and your wife have the liberty to have a glass of wine, that's great. But listen, consider this. Perhaps somebody might walk in who is a new Christian. Maybe before they became a Christian, they stumbled with alcohol. And maybe they were, you know, dealing with alcohol problems. And so they walk in and they may see you, Mr. Christian, drinking a glass of alcohol. And they say, hey, well, it must be okay. Well, then they go drink alcohol and that takes them down a path of sin and alcoholism. So we're to walk in love with our brothers and our sisters. Walk in love. The love is the key. If you go over to somebody's house for dinner and they serve you vegetables, you know, don't say, oh, where's the beef? <laughs> <laughs> where's the beef? No, don't say that. Just say, eat the ve- give God thanks, say grace, give God thanks, eat the vegetables, and then on your way home, call up out back and order you a steak. <laughs> Somebody wave at me and say amen. Is that all right? Okay, good. You know, don't, don't, you know, walk in love. You don't want to stumble people. And, and you don't want to be in danger of flaunting your freedoms. And you also don't want to be the kind of person that you have all of these little petty rules and regulations that you live by. And then you look at another person and you say, hey, they got too much freedom. I mean, what's all this freedom thing? They're having fun. They're enjoying life. They went to the movies. They, had a, they went to an amusement park. They're enjoying life. That's evil. That's wrong. So you got all these little legalistic things. We all know people like that. They're just a little bit more legalistic about things. Well, that's okay. Have your legalism to yourself. If you want to suffer for Jesus, suffer alone. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. But don't impose that on the person who may have more liberty than you. What we're supposed to do is walk in love. A diverse church or any church should walk in love. Love is the key. We can be a loving church. You know, I hear this often, and I praise God for it. People tell me they come in and they feel love. I thank God for that, and I pray that that never changes. I pray that we don't grow to be a big church and a cold church. We probably will grow to be a big church. We're already a pretty good-sized big church, but we don't have to be a cold church. Anybody, if you go go to this church, you need to say amen, would you? Would you? We don't have to get cold. You ever go to a church that just gets big and cold, and you feel like you're herded in and just herded in, and, you know, nobody's loving on each other? We can grow in numbers, but we can also grow in love, and that's what we need to do, walk in love toward each other, consider your brother or your sister and everything you do. Have your liberty. I'm I'm, I'm wrap it up right here. Have your liberty. But don't let your liberty become an occasion for someone else to f- fall. And, and the Bible talks about that all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. Be careful with that liberty. Isn't that true? Be careful with that liberty, because that liberty can cause you to be enslaved and bring you into bondage. The very thing that you're free to can bring you into bondage. You understand? So watch that. Walk in love. Love's the key.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina.